Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before we get started, I want to remind you that we are brought to you today by rockauto.com. Their amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Well, great news. The NBA, at least as of now, has a plan to come back and wanted to get John's take on that. We also want to talk some about the teams that will not be joining the league in Orlando and what is next for them. And also just talk about some of the smaller logistical issues, like what these rosters are going to look like when teams are going to be able to sign guys, stuff along that line. But I talked about this already on Dunked On, John. So I'll give you the floor of just your overall impressions on this restart plan for the NBA in which 22 teams will be going to Orlando. Yeah, my biggest concern as I was watching events unfold was that the league was spending so much time on fiddling with these different playoff formats that I felt like it was taking their attention away from the massive logistical challenge they face in actually putting together the rest of the season on the fly in a different location while dealing with this completely new set of circumstances created by COVID-19 and making sure that nothing that happens with that torpedoes the season, which would have massive financial implications for the league. Now, on, on one hand, you hope that the financial worst case scenario is bad enough that they've indeed taken this seriously. But the, the worry, and I wrote this in my column in, in The Athletic, is they talked about it's about the data, not the date. And then at the end... We kind of ended up with a with a date and we'll work back and get some data, I guess. Well, I think what it really became was, number one, they felt like there was enough testing capacity and enough political cover that they could just test everyone every day. Uh, because I think, I think when they originally made that statement, they're hoping that whatever countermeasures were made got the level of transmission low enough in the community that you could just at least have a no fans situation and players could operate somewhat normally within their community and they weren't at risk of getting the virus clearly that is not the case with the amount of transmission that we have and so they had to really audible and come up with a plan that would work regardless of how much community transmission there was essentially and so i think when they made that statement that the nature of the plan had to and did change yeah and to be clear i mean they're still figuring some of this out in part because it's a complex negotiation both with the owners and with the players association over how many teams do you bring back how much money are you trying to make up how many games do you play uh the even just the rules on going in and out of this quote-unquote bubble environment in orlando all that has to 
be negotiated with the Players Association because the, the collective bargaining agreement has essentially been, it still exists, but it's kind of been torpedoed at this point, or at least or at yeah. least heavily sidelined. They kind of have yeah. to negotiate yeah, a, a lot of this stuff anew. Yeah, there's nothing in the CBA about, uh, oh yeah, you can only have uh, three family members with you. They're, they have to, uh, yeah. the, the slightly new circumstances uh, for, yeah. for clauses like that. Uh, you know, I think in terms of what we know now, and supposedly this week, there are going to be a lot more details forthcoming on what the actual safety procedures and the procedures if someone tests positive, et cetera, are going to be. I think they did a reasonable job. I mean, the fact that they're going to test everyone every day, I mean, that to me was the number one thing that they that, just had So to that do. once that came out, I felt better. I, f- I felt better about what they were doing. Once that came out and once it became clear that the players weren't going to be able to leave uh, the bubble and just like go out to a bar and then come back. Now, there's... And I think also, I, I applaud them if, in fact, this is what ends up happening. This report's vindicated that you're not going to have family members joining until the last two rounds of the playoffs when you've got a much smaller group of people. And then exactly. even then, it's only going to be three family members. I mean, that was, that I'm sure was very difficult to get done. And I think, like, there, I laud the players and the league and the teams, all of them, for taking this seriously i mean I, I think you know we'll see obviously we've seen this in many other businesses where okay you have these procedures and they look good on paper but uh, can you actually implement them but it does seem like they are putting everything in place that they can I and mean, if you're if you're gonna say that hey we are going to do this i'm not sure what else they realistically could do other than just not having any families for the entire time yeah but i'm not sure what else they realistically could do to make this much safer within the parameters of a 22 team exactly exactly the way to make it safe safer than the way they've done it would be because i think they've already pared down to the team parties to about as low as they can go they're going to leave the two-way players at home which i think is the right move we can talk about that in a little bit the the only thing they really could have done is pared down the number of teams like i still think there's no reason at all for the wizards and Suns to be there but oh the blazers agree with you (laughs) yeah exactly yeah go it's interesting though the blazers not in favor of a 17 team Uh, (laughs) right imagine that (laughs) yeah yeah uh, for, thought, for those who don't know, by the way, the Blazers voted were the one team that voted no to this format, thinking that they could have done something more imaginative with a twenty-team group. Maybe that would have been the uh, the group stage thing for the first round, but uh, that that ostensibly is why they voted no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so for me, the one thing I thought maybe they should have done again to minimize the overall risk to the to the entire thing is to bring back sixteen teams and try to get it down to eight as quickly as. possible possible and i know some people in the league were were in favor of this as well and not necessarily just teams that would have been self-interested by this particular setup but that that it, it was the way to to minimize the risks to the overall pie because because you can get down to eight much more quickly and then when you go from 22 to eight you and if, if there's if you're talking about people interacting especially it's it's almost an exponential function then of how much you minimize the the risk of a real contagion that that jeopardizes the season yeah i think if you were going to have any sort of a regular season that i understand why they brought more teams in number one just to to make a little more money and number two just to make the regular season feel like it like it is something you know i, I think that was something that was difficult to do if you're going to have 16 teams you don't 
don't want to go directly into the playoffs and so yeah. you just to say oh well we're going to play these games but it's just for seeding within these eight teams already now you know a team like uh, milwaukee probably has absolutely nothing to play for at all i mean they still kind of have nothing to play for but uh the the rest of the teams at the bottom trying to get in it's it seems like they're at least made this regular season mean something especially with the playoff game of getting within uh if you get within four games you get to have the the play in yeah yeah were you a little surprised they didn't schedule the teams like they they still haven't said exactly what they're going to do with the schedule but um it seems like at least what was leaked out it i think it was vincent goodwill from yahoo had this first that they're going to have teams play essentially what were the next eight games on their schedule and they'll just you know hack it a little bit to to make sure everybody gets to eight uh because obviously if you had the hawks or bulls or whoever you, you can't play that game but i was a little surprised that they didn't have teams play kind of pods where they're just playing each other because again that that minimizes your transmission risk if there's a case and, it, and you have a group of teams that are just playing each other it never leaves that pod well so if they're playing every other day we're gonna have a, a few back-to-backs um and they're testing every day i mean the the hope is and people listen to my COVID pod will know this but maybe uh more nba focused people are not don't know this that when you have a new infection basically your odds of getting that infection for the first two or three days with a test your chances of testing testing positive are about nothing over the first couple of days after you've gotten infected that makes sense right Mm -hmm. the virus is just starting to replicate in your body there's there aren't copies of the virus uh, that you can easily pick up uh, with this testing and then as you get into three days four days you're probably around a 50 percent chance of picking up an infection your false negative rates uh, on tests are are also concerned hopefully you can get that up higher than it's been nationwide it's been about 30 percent false negative rate which is a, a big problem but you can help fix that by testing every day but you do have this period where people in the four to five day range can be transmitting the virus and there's not as much of a chance of getting the infection so you do have a concern with that but when you're still testing every single person every day the hope is that you're going to start to realize that you have a problem you only would have maybe a day or two of transmission that would occur before you're actually detecting that there's an issue and so if you've got games spaced out where you're only playing two games in four days hopefully there's only really two teams and then they may have played one other team that you might transmit it to during that time so i I don't as long if you're playing every day then i think that becomes more of a concern of just like spreading it willy-nilly through the whole league but i'm not that concerned about that if you're only playing you know two games over a course of five days you know you're or uh that's probably about what it would be the the most you're gonna be playing yeah yeah it seems like they're gonna to me it seems like because they need to think about how they're going to schedule this because they basically they basically have this set up it looks like for for a team that played seven games every series where they would play literally like 36 games and 76 games in 76 days or something like that like it it is it is basically in every other format where there may be a back-to-back or two in the quote-unquote regular season part but i think we're gonna have back-to-backs in the playoffs because i i think they can be scheduled out more easily like if the play-in tournament goes shorter than expected or if first round series go shorter than expected then you can 
tweak the schedule in the second round, let's say, to eliminate back-to-backs that were in the original draft version of it, where you have to plan for everything going the maximum number of games. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So so what you're saying is, if all of the maximum number of games were played, the play-in, first round, second round, third round, then you might need a couple of back-to-backs, but realistically, that hopefully doesn't happen, and so you can get rid of those as you go on. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have a question for you, because I know you've, you've studied this issue much more closely than I have, but I think teams are also a little worried about false positives, especially to a star player that could potentially take a guy out for a, a game or something for no reason at all. What's what's your uh, perception of the false positive rate and and how that might in fact impact things? Yeah, it's pretty low for most of these tests. You know, it should be below five percent. And so clearly, anyone who tests positive, they're immediately going to test them again. Yeah, you know, yeah. So so that and they'll have. I mean, they have plenty of tests uh, on hand here. So you know, okay. The, I mean, they might even test someone three times just to be sure over like a day or two period and yeah so so i i'm not that concerned about false positive. I mean, you might get a scare but then i think you retest again enough times and they get their results back with the, with the number of people they're testing they're gonna have what 20 false positives every single day <laughs> uh hmm yeah hopefully not quite that high but yeah i mean if it is if it is in like you know the two percent range or something like that, it shouldn't be as high as five percent um okay. also also because they're they're gonna get the operation going here too in a way where this isn't just one person driving up to a drive-in clinic in new jersey and getting a swab stuck up their nose by someone who's like not necessarily uh you know might have just started doing this work you know they've got people who everyone's going to know the drill on how to do this they're also going to have saliva tests so they won't be that won't be as reliant on uh, or like the lower end nasal swab you won't be reliant on like sticking the thing six inches up the guy's nose and like doing that correctly so i'm not as worried about that but i think to the extent that problem exists they'll immediately retest those those people and and then you you drive the number down very yeah you would think especially if you had if it was a relatively low percentage like if to your point, if it was a 1% false positive rate, you have 770 people there. If, if 22 teams bring 35 people, I think I did the math right. Uh, so you'll end up with seven or eight positive. But then if those are 1% to test positive again, then you're you're only going to end up with like once every two weeks, somebody being a, a false positive back to back. Right. Um, another thing I, I'm a, a little concerned about is just, uh, especially with reopening, with people going to protest, which certainly is their right. I'm not criticizing that but you could have part of the idea of this was that you could be pretty sure that people weren't coming in that many people who are were covid positive coming in but it seems like just in these last this last week and a half and then time beyond that you know i've seen some players at protests not wearing masks for example uh you could have people coming in more than might have been expected now just starting off uh with positives and so they'll have to come with the protocol for that i mean they're the idea is that they're gonna have to quarantine for seven days maybe as much as or, or i should say self-isolate if they've already tested positive yeah. uh up until for seven days maybe as, as much as 14 days uh afterwards and that's usually about where you're you're not going to be contagious anymore um and obviously if they're symptomatic they're not going to be around their teammates either um but that's that's another thing to look out for as we start here that we're probably not going to see you know i mean teams that had generally tested their players but we could see people getting infected here in the next couple of weeks um so it, let's uh on safety 
I gave the league, I think, a seven out of ten when I graded them. What would, what would your thoughts? That's be? probably about right. Like a like a B. Like I still think they're they're kind of slapping some stuff together, especially like some of the things about the coaches and what what are they going to do about yeah. older coaches and uh, that you know that seemed like they were very much winging it a little bit. And I yeah, but quickly, that's older coaches who uh, are more at risk being being over sixty five. Uh, Adam Silver said that there might be some limitations placed on them. Then he walked that back so they still haven't figured that yeah and we haven't heard anything about uh the media side and just what other people will be in the building obviously there's going to be have to be referees game operations staff um well, so. well i i could tell you one thing about that uh i, I won't be there <laughs> right <laughs> i I will, I will not be quarantined uh there for three months uh, in in the bubble and uh spending a ton of money to do it i, I think i i i could tell you that that much <laughs> yeah yeah so it's gonna be a I, I do think there will be media there. I think it will be a, a small contingent, but that that's going to be an interesting part of it. I mean, not, and not just like people who write for the internet like me, but I mean, there obviously has to be some TV component to this as well and, and figuring out how they do all that. Will they have remote announcers? Like, I, There's there's a lot to address here. Um, my, uh, my colleague at The Athletic, Seth Partno, you know, he brought up the fact that in addition to all the stuff about COVID-19, there's just this entire other litany of issues to deal with just in terms of putting on games for 22 teams in a completely different location like it's a massive logistical challenge and they they have to sort through all this too just how are they going to put the games on and there's a whole uh operations manual from the league i don't know if you've ever seen the ops manual i have Uh, it's it runs hundreds of pages and uh that's really where you get into the nitty-gritty of you know how the how the clock operator is supposed to do everything and some of the other arcana of how a game is put on and you, you, you just wonder uh I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see uh the league try to put this all together so quickly in in this new environment with all the logistics yeah hopefully they'll have the ability to kind of practice all this as everyone is in orlando doing training camp waiting out the the quarantine period in florida so I'm really excited to let you know that helix sleep is joining hollinger and duncan as a sponsor they've actually been a sponsor of dunked on i've had a helix sleep mattress for over five years now i found them with some research that my wife did we tried a mattress delivery company that was one size fits all we hated it we had to return that one she found helix sleep and i loved it so much that i actually dm'd their company twitter account and asked them to sponsor the show now they're joining us on hollinger and duncan as well but uh sounds like it is just in time for you since how old were you saying your mattress was (laughs) we 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 were trying to figure this out i mean we've been uh we've been married for close to 20 years now and uh I i think we've had the same mattress for most of it i mean we couldn't place exactly when we got our mattress but it was definitely more than a decade ago so it's just one of those things you don't even think about right you you go to bed every night and then you um uh but but uh it's it's time and i'm super excited uh because i think this will be much more comfortable than than what i have now from everything i've read from the customer reviews from what you've told me about your experience so uh exciting times here yeah you the way you get started with them if you go to helixsleep.com slash per easy to remember slash per because john invented per you can take their two minute sleep quiz and then they can match you to a customized mattress that is going to give you the best sleep of your life I, i know whenever i go stay somewhere else i'm always happy to get back 
to my helix sleep mattress and right now they are offering up to 200 dollars off all mattress orders that's up to 200 dollars off at helixsleep.com slash per don't forget that slash per url and let them know that you came from us with the ever-increasing numbers of uh, makes and models the storefront auto parts store just isn't as good of an experience uh, as it used to be it's impossible to stock all the parts you need right there in a traditional chain storefront we've had that experience where you go up to the counterman you tell him what you need he says we don't have it in stock but i can order it from you and then he goes in to the exact same interface that you'd be using on the website to order it and it's like why did i come down here and now i have to go back to the store to pick it up as well so why not just save time and go to rockauto.com instead if you're the type of person who likes to work on their cars or you want to start working on your cars rockauto.com is the best place to do it their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low they don't have these different price tiers for professional mechanics compared to do-it-yourselfers they always offer the lowest prices possible instead of changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do you don't have to have a membership you don't have to have an account created you can just go to rockauto.com and buy the part that you need they're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure that you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that you came from us amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so how about just in terms of fairness when you like when and when i say that i've just however you want to define that with this yeah. is actually going to pick the teams that need to get into the playoffs that deserve to be in the playoffs pick a deserving champion etc i think from a fairness perspective this was about as well as they could have done i'll give them an a minus or a b plus i i i don't think the wizards or Suns have any business being here but yeah but they the, also have no chance well nah, the wizards not, i don't have the no wizards chance. actually were probably given too much of a chance now i agree the yeah, wizards yeah. because they're the wizards probably can't play eight games against playoff caliber teams and win more than three of them so at that point they probably will be eliminated um where it's impossible to be fair is on the remaining schedules because you can't give some of these teams the easy games they had remaining on their schedule when you when you compare the schedules of like new orleans and memphis for instance that was one of the things people pointed to right and that's just impossible to replicate now and it's impossible to uh to give teams enough games to in the west to catch memphis for instance but I think the what they ended up with is relatively fair. I mean, if Memphis beats these other teams by a game or more over these eight games, there won't be a play-in in the Western Conference. They'll just they'll get it outright. So I, I thought that four-game rule was a pretty good improv by the league to a- allow teams that earned that eight spot to not have to play for it. Yeah, that that seems reasonable, and it also seems too that just doing the next eight games, I mean, maybe that's not the fairest you could have said okay well if memphis has a much harder schedule we're going to manufacture their schedule so it's mm-hmm. x amount harder compared to new orleans but you don't know what teams the teams they would have been playing would have been like and whether they would have had injuries and whether they would have been trying and so this yeah. at least is just like hey we're going to play the next eight games it also kind of gives you a little bit of cover of like no we are really finishing the regular season these are regular season games you know when you're going to the rsn's to try to get paid and it's just hey you're playing the next eight games that we're on the schedule is probably the hardest thing to argue with yeah. when you're trying to sell this to people. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, if the league came up with 
schedule on their own, everyone would instantly come up with conspiracy theories about how they were trying to get this team or that team into the playoffs or put the Lakers on TV against this team. Or So it, it takes all of that out of play. So I think I think it was pretty smart from that aspect. What about entertainment? How would you grade this in terms of just how entertaining it's going to be, how interesting it's going to be? I do think it will be interesting. Uh, well, it is from an entertainment factor. I do think it's good to have some buildup before we get into the playoffs. And so these eight games will give us that. It'll kind of recalibrate everyone, get us familiar with who all the players are and whatnot. And we'll have some seeding battles, especially in the Western Conference. That'll keep some interest. We'll see if we have a play-in tournament, which... The, the more I think about it, I think the league is maybe a little too excited about it. I mean, it's going to be games between teams that people don't really care that much about and only a couple of them. Like, I, the more I think about it, I I, I feel like the, the revenue potential of this is actually kind of limited. But we'll, I guess we'll see how it goes. We'll see if we have playing games at all, actually. Uh, yeah, and- I would have liked to see something a little bit more extensive and involving more team for that. For the playing. Uh, would you have liked yeah. to see like 7 through 10 play for it? or Yeah, something something along those lines where it, there's just a little bit a little bit sexier than hey you got to get within four games and then the ninth seed has to win twice as opposed to once for the eighth seed i think it's it would be I, I guess i don't really care as much about like oh this team was ahead in the regular season you should preserve that yeah i would i would rather it just be more entertaining more teams involved uh see seem like it means more that that that'd be my personal preference and that wouldn't necessarily involve more teams or negatively impact safety but i understand why they did it the way they they need to do it because the closer you were to what it used to be while still giving these teams at least a patina of a chance going forward um like that's that was going to get the most buy-in even if it wasn't going to be the most awesome yeah yeah i agree and we'll we'll see uh i guess if they try to build this out in subsequent seasons uh to to become something more although it's going to be a challenge in in future years too because it's extra days on the schedule and they don't really have them now right i mean they're trying to kind of accordion the schedule back into the former uh, dates that it had and it's it's going to be really hard over the next two years to do that this is yeah i mean we'll have plenty of time to talk about what it's going to look like i was i was kind of preparing my wife for the idea that i was basically going to have once this starts i'm going to have no break until like august of 2021 yes that (laughs) i had that conversation as well (laughs) yes um but it's interesting i mean once this starts in orlando this two months is going to be like the most intense basketball experience we've ever had we're gonna have all these games between teams that are actually good that and games that mean something every game is probably gonna mean something at least at the beginning of it yeah and they're gonna be starting at like noon and going until like 9 p.m pacific time and it's gonna be like it's gonna be crazy there's gonna just be like so much to keep track of so much to do the games are just gonna keep coming there aren't gonna be any breaks i mean this is gonna be like just to cover it it's gonna be incredibly intense it's gonna be pretty intense until the probably the middle of the second round yeah 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 i mean that's usually what it is for me anyway but this is gonna like because that that first month when you've got multiple games uh first month of playoffs we've got multiple games per day every day sometimes as many as four that's what i'm just like okay i uh tell my wife i'm just not gonna see her for a month but this is gonna be like two months of that um yeah probably although the you know the number of games per day might not be that 
crazy in this regular season part. I, I think it's probably going to be five to six a day. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm going to be so eager to see all of them. And uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'll have to, exactly. Like, I mean, because you will never the, be more excited for a Suns Wizards game, than right? You, and than and you just are on the, August first. And, and I mean, because usually one of my most intense viewing times of the year is the beginning of the season. So I'm like, sure. oh, how do all these teams look? Who's yeah. who's got bounce? Who looks like they're struggling? Who came in in shape? Who's got the chemistry? And you know, you got to like get all this new information. We're gonna need to we're gonna be, go from that period and then immediately into the playoffs and all these games are gonna matter too it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome actually uh and uh i mean i might not sleep a lot but it's gonna be awesome yeah and then drafting free agency right after that baby <laughs> what did you think about the league saying they want to start the next season on december 1st i don't really think that's gonna happen but i, I was surprised yeah, i guess nba gave... finals game seven is october 12th draft is gonna yeah. be the 15th i understand why they did it because i think the idea is that that what that's what allows them to have the season ended and have all the players play in the olympics yeah if you're done by july you know 20 something then they just get on a plane to tokyo and play in the olympics well and and perhaps perhaps more importantly to not have the nba finals going up against the olympics i think that's probably more important than yeah than actually having the players play in the olympics i mean i think that's nice but this isn't 1992 like you have to this this isn't going to be like some huge worldwide thing i mean i'm sure the players would like to play but um i think it's more about just not having the finals up against the olympic that's uh, a great point that i somehow had not considered <laughs> um anything else you want to talk about with the the restart here uh i i do think they're going to be able to claw back a fair amount of money from this which is, is probably the one good thing uh by getting games for the regional sports networks by having 22 teams play times eight uh they'll get some national tv games out of it i'm sure for their for their national partners and then they'll have full best of seven in the playoffs which is historically when they've always done the best on tv anyway so they're not going to have the revenue from, uh coming in from the crowds which is un- unfortunate is going to be an issue is that they negotiate the salary cap for next year, but they probably uh, they probably stemmed a lot of bleeding if they, if they can pull this off and and get it completed uh, without any uh, outbreaks that forces them to shut down. So here's something I wanted to run by. I talked about this okay. with Danny the other day. What effect is no home court advantage going to have uh, on these playoffs? Assuming there is no home court, I mean they they might like pipe some crowd noise in in some fashion. I don't know if that would actually make a difference, but yeah, yeah. assuming assuming there's no home court advantage. Which there shouldn't be. They've also talked about having teams have their floors shipped there so that they could, you know, it could be like the the Staples Center floor when the Lakers are quote unquote home. Um, So it'd be like, you know, you go to Staples for Lakers at Clippers, (laughs) you know, it would be like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, So if they do that, I never want to hear about the owners crying poor ever again. It just seems like (laughs) a a colossal, a colossal waste of money. I mean, maybe it doesn't cost that much in the grand scheme of things who knows but <laughs> i um i i think that's going to be really interesting uh the, there's no travel obviously which is which is one of the factors in home court all the players are staying in hotels nobody's sleeping in their quote-unquote own bed so to speak uh it should produce i i would think it it should produce fewer fluctuations in a series like yeah. You you see series sometimes where the first two games are completely lopsided the one way and then the next two are completely lopsided the other way. And I, I think there's going to be a lot less of that. 
Um, but I, I'm, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I, ju- I just don't know. I'm, I'm really interested. I'm interested to see what it, what it does to like foul shooting and what it, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's a lot of interesting issues with this. The other thing is they've talked about introducing some hacks to like give a team home court advantage, even though it's not their home court, like whether it's an extra timeout or I don't know. Uh, oh I really hope they don't do that. I, I, I always felt that home court advantage, it was important maybe to make the regular season mean something and just the nature of basketball with the number of games economically you couldn't do it on at a neutral site all the time you just weren't going to get people traveling for seven game series at a neutral site but i mean i never really cared for it i i've always felt like it should be each game should be as fair as possible um i didn't really like the idea that you know oh this team is playing at home and so either because they're you know that's like subtly influencing the refs somehow like Um, Well, so this is my theory, that if the road team can extend it to a seventh game, Mm -hmm. they will have the advantage to not have to play a game seven on the road where the win percentage is like 70% for the home team. But before that, I think it'll actually favor the better team because over the first six games of a series, you would have, you know, there isn't a home court advantage over the first six games of the series. And then you're not going to have this thing where the better team wins the first two games and then the home or, or then the worst team comes out and they got the crowd behind them and it's their last stand and they win game three i think it's going to kind of be like all right if one team goes up 2-0 and they're the better team anyway there's no rallying cry of oh we're going home like we yeah. can the whole series is going to change there's nothing psychologically to change the series there's no crowd to buoy you and so i think we might see more sweeps um especially too when you have everybody being fresh i think that generally favors whatever team is the better team so uh that that's my theory but if you do get to a game seven then obviously the it, that advantage flips to the road team relative to what we're used to that's interesting the uh i i do think there are series that go six or seven especially because the road team is able to get just enough of a boost to to win games three four and six by one point each but like we've definitely seen that even though they were totally outclassed i mean like the classic one was here in atlanta with the year the celtics won the championship and the you know the games in boston in that first round against atlanta boston right. won by like 35 43 and 108 and yeah. uh, atlanta won by like one two and three so i you won't have that kind of series so that that will take away something from the from the ro- quote-unquote road team's ability to extend the series but i think when the, where the road team is close in talent they will have an actual better chance of winning the series yeah no, that that makes perfect sense. I think that that dovetails nicely with what, with what I was saying. The concept of a protein bar is great. When you're feeling hungry, you eat it. Protein fills you up much more than other types of food. You can have it to build muscle after your workout, try to reduce uh, your appetite if you're trying to lose weight. That all sounds great. Unfortunately, until now, it didn't taste great. It tasted like chalk or cement or some other substances that are analogous to crushed rock. But Built Bar has changed that. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate and nut flavors, 8 chocolate and nut free flavor. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, but they are still low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Their peanut butter brownie, for example, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. The way to get started with them is at BuiltBar.com and use that promo code Locked On. Easy remarks, we have that as the name of our network, Locked Locked on, and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. That's promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to let them know that you came from us. 
What's up, sports fans? Matt Peck here, host of Locked On Bulls, and I want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast. Huge Fan is a new SiriusXM original podcast where stars talk sports. Each week, join host LaChina Robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories, game day rituals, the most heated rivalries, and more. And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Are you going to talk about, uh, as you so uh, glibly referred to them in your column, as the Delete Eight? Yeah, yeah. The eight teams that were not invited to this little festival. What do, what do they get? What do they do now? And what will the league allow them to do? I th- again, they're completely inventing this on the fly. I think a lot of these teams want to have some kind of organized basketball activities, want to have some kind of games or you know modified summer league or something uh, to get these guys back in the gym and not have them just hanging out for nine months before they come back in December. And this is another huge logistical question for the league of how do you do this? Can you bring these other eight teams in? Does it make sense to bring them to Orlando also? Or are you increasing the risk to your to the 22 teams that you care about? So is that a bad idea? Should they have them meet up someplace else and play in a little eight-team summer league, which would be kind of like the old, like, it would be like the Utah Summer League or something, right? It would be just be, or the old Orlando League, uh, and just have that. This is uncharted territory. The other thing I think they, they have haven't really figured out is well if the other 22 teams are allowed to sign players what about these eight teams you know can they convert their two-way guys now even though their season is technically over because they probably would have done that if they if the season had kept going yeah they they clearly should be allowed to that one that discrete issue seems like a pretty simple solution to me that you should at least have like a little transactional period that mirrors the end of the season yeah you would you would hope that the league would give them that and then the, these, it's such an interesting scenario for these teams because I think individually they're all in different places too. Like the Hawks really wanted to play. The Warriors, I think, were completely fine with just showing up in December, right, for the most part. Um, yeah. Maybe they wanted their young guys to get some run. but uh, and, and I think that some of the teams in between were kind of all over the place on this. So how, how do you devise something that, that meets the different things that these teams want to do, but can you provide some way for them to play games and then can they you know can they bring these games to their regional sports networks and and make some money off of that too i think there's a lot of questions here with those eight teams and we haven't really heard a lot of answers from them and i I don't think it's a topic that a lot of people care that much about but i think it's an important one for the league to think about and for for these eight teams to kind of do right by them and and make sure they're not just uh screwing them for the start of next season where they just have a bunch of out of shape guys showing up so a couple of things here that come to mind. I mean, number one, I think the idea of teams actually playing each other, assuming that the transmission is at the level that it is now, that seems just absolute insanity to me. As you noted, there aren't that many people that care about this. And so to have to go, I mean, we've seen what the league has had to go through with testing every day, and they're going to have this bubble and quarantining, and they have a neutral site. I mean, it's, there's no way it's worth it from a safety standpoint, from a money standpoint, to do that for a 
bunch of teams that aren't going to be playing games that matter like there's just no way to me now if you want to say you're going to do that and have like a mini camp among the players on one team maybe maybe each team could scrimmage another team and have it be like one other team and play like a two-game series and have it you know you could televise it just because why not but Mm -hmm. uh, like anything beyond that to me just seems like a logistical nightmare a safety nightmare and here you know this is creating an nba champion it's salvaging a season it's saving hundreds of millions of dollars billions of dollars for the league this just to have these teams play each other seems just like way way dumb to me um in terms of the safety risk and 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 the logistics yeah Yeah, that's that's one thing i got other thoughts but what do you think of that no the logistics are really hard because that orlando property is so unique because that can be kind of hermetically sealed and there are there are basketball gyms and there are hotels and there are places to eat and there is a huge staff familiar with the service industry that happens to be there and doesn't have a lot to do right now so where else are you finding that what are you going to send them to france and have them play at disney world paris or something you know like there's just not many places that that check those boxes so what can you do with these other eight teams i think is a is a great question i think at the very least they're going to really push to have mini camps of their own where they can scrimmage and possibly scrimmage against another team at some point yeah and you'd have to have a, a ton of testing for that there's also been talk that maybe these teams would have the ability to open up their training camp a little earlier that seems reasonable to me here's the other thing though for this mini camp who's in it i mean these teams their season is over mm-hmm. free agents to be yeah. on this team like, like mo harkless or tristan thompson i i do not expect vince carter to show up at atlanta's minicamp <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. that would be that would be an upset yeah and and also if you're about to be a free agent like you don't want to get expose yourself to potential injury or COVID 19 with this yeah. yeah so is it just going to be the players who are under contract for next year but it's still going to be this season and then after you sign everybody then you come in for a training camp afterwards uh, as well that's the start of next season I, I mean i guess that's how you'd have to do it that anyone who's about to be a free agent uh you know maybe they would make it voluntary for them as opposed to mandatory maybe that would be the way to do it yeah i mean that's that's one way to most of these teams don't have a lot of free agents but there, there are definitely something like D- detroit would have like half a team they, they'd probably be the most yeah. impacted yeah if you're christian wood and you're about to get paid and you've made the minimum salary for your career hey he already had it though. he's probably need. fine oh that's right yeah i forgot yeah no that's actually uh, i'd forgotten about that um but it's someone in the same situation as sure him. sure you don't well even and even christian Wood, he might not he probably doesn't want to risk injury at this point yeah yeah that's I mean, that, that's like definitely conventional a, normal injury especially coming back from this yeah. when you're about to get paid so i mean are the are there any of these teams that you think are really these eight teams that are really burned by not getting a chance to play until for real until next year it's just tough to say you don't you don't i mean what is what is the impact of of these guys not playing for that I mean, I guess we sort of saw it in in 2011 or 1998. I mean, it, it wasn't great, you know. But you raise an interesting point with them because they could come back early because they haven't been playing for so long. the The only way, way they would get burned if the, is if they had acquired players from other teams that had just finished. But maybe then those players don't have to show up. Um, yeah. So the, there probably is a workable solution there. I I still think at the end of it all, these these teams definitely are going to want to have mini camps for their for the young guys because they're they're basically all in some stage of rebuilding all eight of them yeah i mean i think the hawks especially with reddish starting to play well uh, that's a team that i totally understand why they 
they wanted to get back and play uh now by the way we haven't talked about this, the lottery odds are going to remain the same as they were as of march 11th yes um, even yes. even for teams that play in the seeding tournament and don't make it the, then they still uh you just use their march 11th record so there's no disincentive to win for say a team like washington like if they'd gone zero and eight yeah. they could have actually improved their odds yeah um so thankfully that's not going to happen and if, on the other hand if washington passes uh a couple of these western conference teams in the standings it won't count and they'll stay at ninth unless they also want to play in game I'm trying to think if there are any other teams that really stick out to me as teams that are hurt by not getting able not being able to finish out the season i think chicago might be one actually i mean, I mean they, kobe white was going gangbusters toward the end yeah Otto porter was finally back he was looking okay marking in it just missed a bunch of time he was coming back carter had missed a bunch of time like they actually i think marking in now is coming in for an extension now you could say the bulls were helped by the fact that they're able to bring in a new front office more quickly yeah um and presumably a head coach presumably yeah um and, and knowing that their season is over now i mean that's that makes the optics a little harder of this over you know we're evaluating jim boylan mm-hmm. while he's not coaching games and then we're going to bring someone else in yeah um, yeah we're evaluating while somebody else is already rumored to be the favorite for the job that's a little awkward oh oh i know what i wanted to talk to you about sure what do you think about tibbs in new york who's rumored to be the front runner i you know I, I do think he should I I it didn't go well in Minnesota but I I think his his record up to that point was strong enough that I, I do think he's worthy of being hired certainly I just much better fit on a veteran team like I mean that's that's what he's about right he's not, he's not there to develop young guys he's gonna right he's gonna try to coach up the defense lean on his veterans and 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 get as much out of him as he can so if you know that going in then then I don't think he makes sense for this particular team because I, I mean are the Knicks gonna be in win now mode next year i don't see any chance of that yeah that the, i i don't understand that i i disagree with you a little bit too on the fact that he, i think he deserves another chance i've generally gone more towards the hey take each opportunity that you have to hire a coach as a chance to find the next great coach and i think based on how it went for him in minnesota with the defense the whole selling point is this guy is going to coach your defense up to like crazy good levels no matter what mm-hmm. your personnel is and that the, that uh, wore off in minnesota he's clearly not a progressive offensive coach he's not progressive in terms of the types of lineups that he likes to play and so i'm not sure what the selling point is because it seemed like he was even in chicago he's really kind of a one-trick pony as far as just being this incredible defensive taskmaster and also the league kind of caught up with some of his strategic ice, ice, ice. Too. yeah 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 um and, and i mean maybe even more so than that the strong side zone stuff that he started doing back uh, with the celtics but because uh, ever just everyone does that now so he doesn't have any kind of new strategic innovations but mm-hmm. to me i would rather proceed with mike miller in new york than with tom thibodeau uh, maybe that puts me in the minority but mike miller i thought did a pretty decent job i think there's a better chance not a high one but still a better chance that mike miller is a really really good nba coach than that tom thibodeau is in particular for this roster i i do think mike miller earned himself uh quite a few fans with what he did with the knicks and and what he had done i mean people who watched the g league thought he had done a good job in westchester too so so I, I I can't dispute that part of it. The other the other name I think you have to wonder about for New York with a developing team would be Kenny Atkinson and his, yeah. his track record in player development. Yeah, I think they just can't deal with the optics of bringing in the guy that's just fired, <laughs> right. which is ridiculous. But I you know they kind of seem to have this pretty petty rivalry. And of course, I, 
I mean, you also worry about the nepotism aspect of the CAA connections with Thibodeau and Leon Rose, and that it's just it, like they're not. There haven't been reports of them interviewing anybody. Yeah, it just seems like yeah. oh, this we're gonna come in and he, this is who we're gonna hire. Yeah, um, and that I mean, CAA has run the Knicks for a long time, so now now it's at least in the open. Well, the one thing that you might argue is that for whatever reason, a lot of stars actually seem to think that Tom like really respect Tom Thibodeau, and he has yeah. relationships with some of them from Team USA. And so maybe that's a thought is that you're now more attractive to stars. He can be your recruiter in in, in 21, which is the big free agent market for yes. those who don't know. there's This one upcoming is not very impressive. The one in 21 is really good. Yeah, if you'd like to hear how unimpressive it is, we did a whole podcast on that uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. Go back and listen. It's awesome. Really, these guys are going to transform your team. Get excited about it. Yeah, that that was a, really seemed like he's just like such a retread at this point. And maybe the thought is, well, he'll do better if he's not the the chief decision maker. If if he doesn't have Tom Thibodeau getting him the players, then maybe he can do better. That's usually the case. I mean, for I'm not saying for him. I'm saying for most coaches. Yeah. The the, the act of the act of coaching makes you worse at being a GM. Oh, uh, what else we got to talk about here? Uh, we should talk about uh, rosters. What's like? What's what's fair? What can the league do? What should they do? You're talking about going for the teams that are, uh, yeah. are in Orlando? Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of talk about adding players uh, or giving teams the ability to add players, sign new players, replace injured players, uh, whether they should bring their two-way guys down or not. Here's here's my take on it. So they're going to play eight games, right? And, you know, they might use a little more of their bench in these eight games, especially in the first couple. Once we get to the playoffs, the, all these, all these whoever gets signed between uh, now and when the playoffs, start not one of these dudes is playing any meaningful time in the playoffs like it's an irrelevant conversation to me all you're doing is bringing in people who add to your risk pool well the concern is either that there's going to be some huge rate of injuries as people try to ramp up Mm -hmm. because they weren't able to train or that you could have people who aren't able to play due to infection and i i mean i think it's just to basically be like we're not in a situation where a team only has seven guys clearly I, i mean what i'm kind of envisioning as i think about it more is whatever team it was that had that happen is going to lose the series anyway probably or not make it in but you don't want to be in a situation where that team from an octave standpoint just doesn't even have enough healthy players to play and so you want to at least be like okay we could put these guys out there in the jersey and it doesn't completely disrupt thing and yeah they're going to lose but at least we can say they lost and you know this wasn't we we got past it it's not as much of a pr disaster that's that's I mean, I'm just thinking about that off the top of my head now, but that's that's kind of like what this is about more than just like, oh yeah, we need to sign a, a rotation piece out of the G League here for the playoff. Yeah, yeah. And to me, the first step in that is make the two-way guys eligible. But I mean, I I also think about just leave the two-way guys home and just, cut, I mean, they're talking about just bringing 35 people per team. Obviously, one of the ways you do that is not bring 17 players, bring 15 instead. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't anticipate, hopefully... Uh, if you're if you've got enough a big enough outbreak on a team that those guys are going to start mattering someone that you're, you're able to sign and to have like a a, a the, you need to have the roster be that big to make it through they got bigger problems than just that one team i'm guessing at that point so then are, are you in are you in, in favor of, of expanding rosters or 
<laughs> I must have articulated that well. Um, it, it seems like it doesn't really matter that much. If you want to do it just so everyone feels better, fine. <laughs> yeah. but it, I feel like that's really... where they're doing it, but I feel like they're adding to their risk by doing it, I guess. So th- that's, yeah. why, that's why I'm a little a little skeptical. But I see your points. Teams teams are going to worry about running out of players if, if they have players test positive, which, which is a fair counterpoint. Yeah, and it just it makes it look like you're doing something to, to lower everyone's anxiety level even if even if it doesn't actually work out to help when you actually get into it do you think that they there's been talk that even though this is going to be happening in july you've got players overseas like the euro league is not finishing out their season a lot of uh leagues aren't finishing out their season those players are technically going to be free agents do you agree with the decision that you can't sign those players i thought that was really interesting because they didn't have to do that and i wonder if that was a measure to kind of protect the guys within the players association to to kind of protect the fraternity of the american players a little bit um in, in their negotiations with them because the, they didn't have to make that decision and it didn't seem like there was a huge competitive reason to make it um there could have been issues just with getting letters of clearance from some of these teams and then uh you know having to quarantine guys who come in from overseas could add some additional problems i guess but it i thought that was a really interesting wrinkle when i saw that because it didn't seem like hugely germane to the overall picture here and yet somebody clearly wanted that and, and so my guess is that it was it was the players association trying to protect the guys who were in the league this season i think uh, i agree with that i also think that it's just it was a feeling that it would just like those, that's something that happens next season is when you bring over the guys whose contracts expired last season and so you could there are players who could actually fundamentally change things for some of these teams and so that that's did we, just did we not, do a podcast about that yeah yeah that's right yeah so that that's just not a and it's just it's easier from a logistical standpoint of like okay these guys come over this season their contract expires for this season they shouldn't still be playing in what is technically the same season yeah as when their contract expired and so it, it would just be it'd be a little odd and i don't think the league wants this idea of like okay this mercenary is going to come over be here for two months and then just go right back to the same yeah. team again could in, also in be uh an unfair advantage to teams who like had money left on their mid-level exception for instance yeah that's a, that's a great point absolutely um yeah because you i mean if you knew if you knew at the start of the year that there's going to be this bonanza of players who might be available yeah two weeks before the season was over teams would probably try to save their money more yeah. yeah 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 so I, I think ultimately i think it's a good thing that they're not allowing that to happen all right what else we got here you know what we got to do we haven't done it in, in uh three months your rule seems out of the playoffs yeah let's rule somebody out of the playoffs man this is this is impossible we already have ruled out 13 teams each mm-hmm. so we've only got one more team theoretically although I, I think we're gonna take the l on one of these first 13 uh yeah memphis is looking a lot more sure now than they were at the time when the season ended they were uh, some projection systems had them as less than 50 percent, and i mean they're they would have to work hard to not be the eighth seed even even given the fact that they're gonna have a tough schedule uh because they get those other teams they'll probably hold too. number eight and then they'll get two shots in a play-in game so um yeah that's interesting this is uh so we're each gonna pick one is that what's gonna happen here you yeah. you and i both last ruled out the spurs mm-hmm. so who do we have left here we've got basically new orleans and portland are the only two teams that we have left other than teams that are like actually in playoff position right but, now. yeah i mean we could rule out orlando or brooklyn i guess if we if we really believed in the wizards why do you why do you waste my time <laughs> 
hater who knows man i mean the wizards could i mean john wall's not gonna play katie's not gonna play Kyrie's yeah. not gonna play but it's uh i mean maybe some of these teams will just look totally different you never know i mean it's gonna be such a frenzy to try and figure that out early on i mean the first the first upset that happens that people are gonna be like oh my god like the sky is falling here everything is totally changed yeah yeah <sighs> so who and i guess we don't know you know what though we don't even know what the schedule is yet do we, we don't even know the schedule i mean that's nope, what we're flying that's, blind all right i, I mean it, this is uh, your name comes first in the podcast i'm gonna okay. listen to you i'm gonna i'm gonna knock out the pelicans uh i'll give so you two. you're a believer in in portland is that what the basis for that is so i don't really believe that much in portland but I, portland has a couple of advantages okay first of all it looks like they'll have yusuf nurkic and zach Collins, which uh presumably i mean if they're smart means they'll they won't be playing carmelo anthony and uh you know that they'll have they'll have a much better front court uh even if nurkic can only play some minutes it means your your backup five is nurkic it's not like caleb swanigan or whoever uh, um, second thing is that they have the advantage over New Orleans right now because they are by one teeny little percentage point ahead of the Pelicans in the standings, which means if, if they both go four and four, for instance, uh, and the same applies with Sacramento, actually, that Portland, by virtue of, of being 29 and 37 rather than 28 and 36, has a better winning percentage and would get the advantage uh, for number nine. Uh Third reason I'll take Portland is that with coming back like this uh, from the long layoff, I do think there's a question of, with Zion Williamson in particular, of how they're going to be able to ramp him up, how safe they should be, what limitations will come up. Uh, and and I think those considerations are still going to trump trying to get the number nine spot for the Pelicans. Yeah, that's a, you make some compelling points there. Dave, Portland has done it before. They seem just the most invested in this too. They've got Damian Lillard you know he's gonna have stayed in great shape and yeah and I, I don't like this at all though I, 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 mean, I, I mean New Orleans tough, was right? gonna be my favorite also just something always seems to happen to New Orleans <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Just, I, I probably had a little of that in the back of my head that's just like something's something's gonna happen yeah uh all right I, I'll agree with you this is but it's and I guess I mean whoever the number nine seed is does not have a, a great opportunity here. So so this should be our full field. Then we we technically are both now picking Portland to be the number eight seed because uh, we ruled out Memphis back in uh, December. Yeah, I think it was early yeah, December. That aged well. Um, but I really have no idea what it's going to look like. Like I'm sure we'll talk before things start on just what are some of the key questions we're going to be watching in that first week of things yeah. like Justice Winslow being back and Nurkic and and oh man I can't wait to actually watch basketball and like find out the answers to these questions again yeah it's, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty exciting I'm uh you know I'll be even even just watching like random games from February on tape it's like oh yeah look at this oh. <laughs> we're starved uh, even, even even the jaded former former executive um uh-huh. go so on that note actually I had one question I wanted to ask you for uh, Holland Journeys here if you are watching when you were working for a team if you watched a nba game doing pro personnel scouting mm-hmm. what were you looking at like what did your report look like when you came back you presumably you have like a database of all these scouting reports you're expected to write a report when you go uh, or or if it's not you 
you know, your pro personnel guy would do yeah. that. What yeah. is in that report? Like, what is, I mean, is it bullet points? Are there like sections that you've put out ahead of time that the person has to fill out? Like, what does that document look like? Yeah, I mean, every team has their own way of doing things, but we typically, I mean, it was, I always feel like bullet points are a much easier form of communication for most people. Like, especially if they're not, I don't know, if they weren't a writer before they worked in a front office, for instance. Yes. Like, it, it's it's just easier and it gets everything across. And so you, do, you don't need to, uh, you know, get into all the gobble. That, that's um, why i have a podcast now actually because i can just do my my notes in bullet points instead of having to like actually write them so <laughs> streamlined so uh you know you're always trying to get some of the things that you can't get just off of watching tape right so you're trying to see what the guy looks like before the game you're trying to talk to people around the team uh and find out as much as you can about the guy you know do the teammates like him does he work hard you know is there some injury we don't know about just just general information gathering playing detective a little bit and that way it's very similar to uh college scouting for for the draft or or the pro scouting you do in in europe for instance um generally though uh probably the one difference is the players we're watching on the nba level most of them are knowns so like when we're watching, uh, I don't know, if we're watching the Bulls play the Wizards, um, first of all, poor some poor scout got sent to a Bulls-Wizards game, but <laughs> the... the Typically, the guys you want your scout to tell you about are not uh, Zach Levine and Bradley Beal because we already know about them, right? Yeah, I mean, if you might might be trading for that guy, yeah. Then maybe unless would, there's a specific, unless but, yeah. there'll be times where it's like, no, 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 we need you to watch this guy. But usually, it's not like that, and so it's like, tell us about Adam Makoka, <laughs> you know? Tell us, t- tell us, tell us what you can about Admiral Schofield, right? Like that. Th- that's what we're trying to find out mostly is the guys we don't see every day. And 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 trying to trying to find the uh, the diamonds in the rough there. Uh, that that's that's a lot of it on on the pro side is really trying to find out about the guys who don't play. So did you uh, when you were in Memphis? Did you have like a form or a template that you wanted someone who watched we, a we, game to? Yeah, fill we out? we went we went through a few different ones. Yeah. Um. So and it's it's funny because we I mean we basically had a template for college scouting that we just kind of hacked for pro. Because I don't know, pros a little different that way. Um, that the the film quality is really good. Uh, the number of games is so large and your experience base with these players is so yeah. large statistical record is the way statistical better. record so there there's a lot more knowns so so a lot of times you you'd start there you'd start with the analytics and video study and then and then the in-person stuff would almost come last the exception is again with the guys we don't see so in yeah. some ways like a lot of teams scout summer league harder than they scout the actual games in the season because that's when they I, see all I do. guys that they're curious about yeah yeah i mean that's i i probably i pay more attention to summer league games than an average nba game because yeah i i kind of know with a lot of the players already what the story is yeah so um it's 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 definitely that like the pro scouting is definitely diff- different because of that and and you're not trying to project ahead with with most of these guys quite as much you're trying to more describe what they are not what they can be because again they're already you know 
25 or 30 or whatever. Whereas when you look at a 19-year-old, the more important question is, what can he be when he's 25? So was there more of a feeling for the guys that you knew of just like, hey, if you see anything that really looks different to you, point it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. And Yeah, there, there was definitely that like, hey, by the way, this guy lost 15 pounds. He looks great. He, you know, the, the, the what's different, I think, is, is, is really the thing you're asking about veteran players. All right. Well, this is awesome. Let's uh, get going here. What'd you write out for the athletic this week before we go? So uh, for the athletic this week, I wrote about the restart in, in the league and uh, a lot of the questions uh, that, that have come up in, in response to that and uh, where, where they can go from here. And then uh, I teamed up with uh, Jared Weiss to write about the, uh, the Celtics and where they go from here, what they can do with Gordon Hayward's uh, expiring deal, what uh, their playoff matchups look like, and, and a lot of other questions about them. So you can find that on The Athletic. All right. We will talk to you all next time. Till then. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.